Hey, uh, we're talking this morning, uh, starting a brand new series, uh, My Lame uh, Sex. And I, I know there's got to be some in the room that are going, this is, this is just a little weird. See, it's okay if Cosmopolitan talks about this, but church, I mean, that's just, I didn't even know God was interested. And it just feels odd to be having uh, this discussion in this place. And here's what you need to hear. God is not freaked out about this topic. I mean, matter of fact, if you stop and think about it, you go right to the very beginning of the Bible. The Bible says that God created them male and female. And remember how he ends it up and he says, and it was good. <laughs> so, I mean, you just got to, you, you get, he is the one that made the plumbing. And, and he is not up there going, you get what you see what they're doing? What? I had no idea they were, that was going to happen. God is not weirded out. Matter of fact, there, there are whole books of the Bible dedicated to this topic in Scripture. Some of you are going, could you give, I want to start a new devotional life. I'm going to, could you give me that book of the Bible? And matter of fact, there's actually, there's actually passages in Scripture that command us to have sex. Do you know that? Matter of fact, grab your Bibles real quick. We'll take a look. I'm not kidding. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Some of the guys in the room are grabbing their wives' Bibles for the first time. They're like, did he say what I thought he just said? Give me that Bible, woman. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Some of you are going to want pencils so you can underline here. Here's what it says. 1 Corinthians, if you're not real familiar, you can go to the back of your Bible, work to the left. You're going to find this book. Here's what it says. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. Some of the women are saying, oh my. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Who cares? <laughs> and then here's what you write for this. Do not deprive each other. Keep having sex, except by mutual consent and that for a time, so that you may be devoted yourselves to prayer, then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Now, here's what's going to happen. Some, some of you guys are going to be riding home in your car today. Husbands are going to be saying, star rockets in flight, afternoon delight. Hey, look, I'm just trying to be biblical. Just trying to follow Scripture. <laughs> Wives are going to say, shut up, I'm praying. <laughs> so here's what you got to get. This is, not, this is not a weird topic to God. God, matter of fact, has a whole lot to say about it. And what you and I are going to discover in this journey we're going to do together over the next couple weeks is this. That when you and I leave God out of the discussion... We messed this thing up, and what we hoped was going to happen, and what God designed, and the incredibleness of this moment between a man and a woman, we're, it's going to be lost if you and I don't include God in the discussion. Now, here's the deal. You and I aren't going to land this in one sermon. It's just not going to happen. Matter of fact, today, we're just going to get started. We're just going to lay some groundwork that's going to help us through the rest of it. So, can I invite you, before you make a final call? before you make a last decision. And I get there are some of the room that goes, I'm, I'm not even sure that I think the church can help me with this or that Scripture hasn't. Before you just, could you stay in the room for the conversation? Could you let what we say together sink in a little bit? Could you consider what we've said out loud? 
and then decide, could this be what I've been missing all along? Could this be what I did not understand? And does it explain some of my disappointment and some of the ache of my heart? And what if, what if I were to change my mind on this topic? Okay, so could, could you just do the journey with us? That's all we're asking, okay? All right, here's the, how many have ever heard somebody say, it's just sex? It, it, it's just, it, you know, it's just sex. How many have ever heard someone say that? Okay, the rest of you don't own TVs. You're living in an Amish community, right? I mean, that is, that's the mantra of the day. That's, that's kind of the explanation for what's going on in this topic in our culture. It's just sex. Don't get all freaked out. Don't go, it's just sex. And, and what, what's being proposed in that moment, what's behind that is simply this, that it is possible for two human beings, for two people to be together physically, to be together sexually, and it just be sex, that it's just a physical interaction. It's just about two people finding satisfaction and nothing more. It's just sex. You ever been walking down an alley? All of a sudden, you happen on a pair of dogs, and you're kind of like, Wah! and it's kind of like a car accident. You're like, You get that's the conversation. You get that's this moment. That, that, that here's what, they're saying, look, it's possible for two human beings to have this physical encounter, this sexual encounter, and it not be any different than two dogs in the alley. It's just a physical thing happening in that moment. And anybody who gives you that answer, anybody who suggests to you that it's just sex is ultimately in that moment inviting you and I to the dog bed. What they're saying is, look, no, 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 this is just about two people getting gratified, so it's just sex, you know, it's just, oh, you know? Well, if I know where to get that response, I... This is friends with benefits. See, this is two people say, look, look, I mean, we're not dating anybody right now. We don't, we're not in any real relationship. We're, it, it, it's, we're just getting together because there's a, there's, there's a physical need that we both have. And, and without any strength, without any commitment, it, it's, ready? Just sex. This is a boyfriend pressuring his girlfriend. Saying, come on, come on, if you love me, then you'll let me. I mean, I mean it's, it's not like it's going to change you or anything. It's just sex. This is the husband at the office, and the secretary begins to flirt, and he's thinking, you know, I mean, what, you know, what do I do? And, you know, she's attractive, and, and then here's what he says. It, it, it's not like I'm breaking any, it's not like I'm betraying, it, it, ready? It's just sex. This is couples who get together and decide to swap 
because it's going to spice up our lives. And it has nothing to do with our marriage. It's just physical. It's just sex. And here's what, here's what you and I have got to get in this moment, is that every time someone has said that to us, every time culture plays that, every time the TV says that out loud, every time you say that to yourself, it's an invitation to the dog bed. It says, look, 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 it's completely possible for two people to get together and simply have a physical-only connection. What if it's not? What if it's impossible? Ready for this? What if it is humanly impossible for a man and a woman to be together sexually and for it to be like dogs? What if in the very wiring of you as a human, in the very fact that you are human is something that is so different, so distinct, that the dog pet will always disappoint. And here's, here's what we're going to discover today. Is that if humans come to the dog bed, they will always leave wounded and dissatisfied and wondering, shouldn't there have been something more? Because, because you ready for this? We're not dogs. It is never just sex for humans. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles real quick because God told us this. this. This is something that you and I should have already picked up and understood. So go with me uh, real quick. Genesis chapter 1. It's going to be at the front of your Bible. This is the easiest verse you're ever going to find. It's the front. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. You guys know what this is about. This is that whole part where God's creating the world and he's making all the animals and here it is. It's Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 20. Here's what it says. And watch the moment when everything changes. You ready? Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. And God said, let the waters teem with living creatures and let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with the water teems according to their kind. You getting a theme here? According to their kind. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. Verse 24. And God said, the, said let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock creatures that move along the ground and wild animals each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and all the creatures that move on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Verse 26. Then, after all the animals are created, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, different 
from all the animals. See, you ready for this? It is humanly impossible to go to this moment like an animal goes to the... It is humanly impossible for you and I to go to the dog bed like a dog. Here's why. Here's what that means when God says, look, let's, let's make mankind after our image. He's saying, look, we're going to place something in man that's different than all the other creatures. It's going to be our likeness stamped upon his heart. It's what causes you and I to self-reflect. It's what causes you and I to have a conscience like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have done. I mean, that was mean. I, I shouldn't have gossiped that way. That, that, was, that was hurtful. I, I, just, I just wounded the heart of my child. I raised my voice. and I, You get that that's different about us? See, look, here, here's, here's what you've never seen. You've never seen a lion that sat down after it killed the gazelle and say to itself, what was I thinking? What, 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 what is it about me that makes me kill gazelles? I mean, probably had baby gazelles, and now they're motherless. And I, No lion's ever done that. See, you, you've never seen a dog who, who, after having sex, turns to the other dog and says, will you call me in the morning? Could, could we, before you take could we define the relationship? Why? Because they do not have that imprint that you and I have. See, the reality is you, you and I are three parts. We are body, we are soul, and we are, in this part, spirit. The image of God placed in us, which means simply this, you ready? There is a soulishness about being human that no animal possesses. And you cannot, cannot, cannot come to the dog bed and leave your soul out of it. It comes with you. Are you ready for this? And you cannot bring your soul to the dog bed without damaging it. You just can't. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles again one more time real quick this morning. Go again to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So go to the back of your Bible, then work to the left. You're going to find this passage. Here's what God said about this thing, the idea of our souls and sex. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Here's what it says. Flee, run away. Jump on your moped and floor the gas. Get out of there, get out of there, get out of there, get out of there. Flee sexual immorality. R run away as fast, you, as fast as you can. Run away from the dog bed. Don't stay there for even a moment. Run away, run away, run away. And then he says why. You ready? All other sins that a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. You get, you get, God just said, look, look, everything else you and I do, every other act of disobedience, every it's different than this. Now, that's, it's an interesting terminology because 
when he says, hey, all other sins are outside of my body, I, I, my initial thought, you go, well, well wait a minute, how, how can that be true? Wouldn't gluttony be a sin against my body? What, what, about, what about teenagers who cut? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a sin against your own body? What about suicide? I mean, wouldn't suicide be like the ultimate sin against your own? How can it say that sexual sin is the only sin against my own body? Bad translation. Here's what was happening as God wrote the Bible, being written in Greek, and at the time in Greek, there's multiple words for body. You and I have got one. And if God had been saying, this sin is against your flesh, against your physical body, he would have actually used a Greek word, which is sarx, and it just means flesh. He's not talking about our physical bodies and this sin being against it. Instead, he uses the word soma, which simply, you ready for this? Means completeness, wholeness. It's the same way in which you and I might say, we don't say it very often anymore, the body of water, the whole lake is what we mean. It's when somebody dies and we go back and we say, boy, you should look at the body of his work, all of the books that he wrote, all of the awards that he got, all the achievements he accomplished. It's the body of his work. Scripture is saying here, guys, 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 be careful about the dog bed because Sexual sin, this sin is the only sin that is against the wholeness, you ready, of who you are. And God is talking again about this soulishness that you and I bring to this moment. If we were honest, you and I intuitively knew that sex was never just sex and that the dog bed would always be disappointing. Go to any 14-year-old girl, and here's what she will not say to you. She will not say, boy, I am looking for a boyfriend who will pass me around to all of his friends so that I can have many and varied sexual experiences. Because what that 14-year-old girl knows in her soul is that there's more at stake here than just sex. This is the dilemma of men. I mean, you know, if, if you get down to men, men want a woman who's confident in the bedroom and, and knows what she's doing and, and, and you don't want her to be intimidated and, and all that. And, and yet, in the midst of that, guys don't want gals who've been with every guy in school. Now, why is that? I mean, wouldn't you think, wouldn't you think, I mean, if it's just sex, wouldn't the gal who slept with the whole football team, wouldn't she be the most qualified? And here's what guys know. Here's guys, here's what we know intuitively. She cannot go to the dog bed time after time after time and be unharmed. See, the reality is we knew this even before God had to say it. Because, because, because it isn't just sex. And it's impossible as humans to simply go to this moment physically. We bring our souls. And our souls cannot come to this moment and be unchanged. 
by the dog pen. You go, well, then what, 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 how is that? I mean, what, what's, going, what's going on? Why, why does that have such a profound effect? Because here's the deal. Our souls long to connect in the very same way that our bodies do. That when we come to that physical encounter, our souls are longing to make an attack. It's a stickiness issue. So that's a young lady's soul. And somebody talks her into the dog bed. So here, here, here's what she says. Look, I, Tom and I love each other. And I know we're a little bit young, and I mean, you know, it's a lot of years before we're ever going to be able to get married, but we love each other. And I mean, that's what counts, right? And so eventually, they sleep together. Here's the problem. Tom goes away to summer camp, and he comes back with a new girlfriend. So then she begins to date Steve, and goes a little quicker with Steve, I mean, because she was already with Tom, and her and Steve date for a few months, and of course, in that period of time, they're physical, and, but then comes graduation, and now Steve's not in the picture anymore, so she's given away some of the stickiness. And then comes college, and I mean, guys, we all know what college is like. I mean, college is just a little bit crazy and all sorts of experimentation and all sorts of... And then once college is over, and I date a few more times, and I eventually find that guy. But you get him changed. I'm changed by the dog bed. And then you take and you find a guy who spent his time in the dog bed. And now we get together. And that's why God says, this will always disappoint. This will always leave you in your heart saying, I don't think this is what God intended for my soul. It's a matter of stickiness. It's why, you ready for this? God says to you and me, look, flee the dog bed. Do whatever you got to do, get up, just as quick as you can, run from the dog bed because you can't take your soul there and be unchanged in that moment. Flee! Some of you guys know, years ago I was a youth pastor, and uh, we took a bunch of kids to the beach, and uh, as we got there, uh, I'm kind of watching, I, I'm not a big swimmer, so I'm sitting on the side, just kind of looking at all the kids out there in the water, and I happened to notice there's uh, a group of boys all running and screaming, and there's a little girl chasing after them, Cindy, and I looked out there, and I thought, that is so cruel because every time she'd get close, they'd, ah! and then they'd run away from her. And I just said, oh, they are, they are breaking that little girl's heart. What, what mean boys. So I go over to confront uh, these guys, 
And I get there, and here's what I came to discover. When we had gotten to the beach that day, uh, which is typical of any time you take a church trip, there's always young ladies who show up with the wrong swimsuit, okay? So we, as our standard practice, brought t-shirts along, and you would just gift them to the young ladies with the wrong swimsuit. And we had done that. Unfortunately, in this case, uh, we had uh, given Cindy a white t-shirt. And sure enough, as they were out there swimming and in, in the water, there had been a bathing suit malfunction. And so now here she is, and things have shifted, white t-shirt, and it's all wet, and now she comes walking up to Jim. And Jim, in that moment, seeing what Jim saw, did this, <laughs> and ran. He ran toward his friends. As he got there, he turned to look around. Well, here's Cindy following. And as she got up to them, he screams again, ah! and begins to run. His friends, now realizing what's going on, are also screaming, ah! and running all the way across the beach. Truth be told, I was kind of proud of those guys. You know, they were in that moment going, look, I, no, I'm not going. Hey, try that. Hey, couples, try that the next time you're in the backseat of the car and things get a little hot and heavy. Ah! Cross to you. Cross to you. You'll break the mood. I promise. I promise. They'll just, whoop, whoop. It'll stop right there. Hey, guys, next time the secretary's kind of flirting a little bit, kind of giving the look, just go, ah! She'll never do it again. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> you, you get I'm being funny, but Scripture's saying, hey, whatever it takes, what, whatever it takes, if you find yourself in the dog bed to flee, do that. Run as fast, run as fast as you can from the dog bed. Because you ready? You're not a dog. And then God says, you and I are supposed to go over to the big bed. And here's, here's the difference. The big bed knows the soul is there. Which is why the big bed never, 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 never says, this is just sex. Here's what the big bed is intended. The big bed is intended that in the very same way that our physical bodies connect, that our souls connect. That there, are you ready for this? That there is a promise given and a covenant redefined between a man and a woman in the big bed. Which is why, are you ready for this? which is why nobody can experience the big bed outside of marriage. Because here's what your soul longs to hear. You are the only one. You're the one that I will do life with. You are the one that I will connect to. You are the one and only
Some of you guys have been in church here for a while and you know the McRae family. The McRae family, her daughter Kate has been suffering with brain cancer. And just recently, we got this amazing report back that the doctor said, as best we can tell, we got it. We got it. And I'm going to tell you that this whole church, I mean, people on staff were in tears. We, we were, I cannot even tell you the joy we had for the McRae's. It was a soulish rejoicing. What we were saying in that moment is what thrills your heart and what fills your heart fills our heart. And we, we couldn't be happier for you than if it had been our own daughter who'd gotten the report. You get that the connection between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, is supposed to be a notch up from that. That there's supposed to be a soul connection that just simply says, when you laugh, I will laugh. And when you cry, I will cry. And there is no one in the world who will care more than I care. Because we're connected. The reality is the big bed, every time, the big bed is a recommitment of the promises we made on the day we got married. Remember we got married and we said, look, I will leave all others and I will cleave only to you. I'll give you my soul will be one flesh, Scripture would say. Now, before all the guys get really freaked out and go, Lynn, are you telling me every time we go to the bedroom, it's got to be like the notebook? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay? No. And here's what you got to get, guys. <laughs> In the midst of, in the midst of all the fun and the fervor and the heat and the steam and all of it that goes on with it, all I'm saying is this, I can't violate the soul. And there's got to be somewhere mixed in every once, that moment in which we all, we both get it. This, this was more than two bodies rubbing together. This was souls dancing. And on this evening, I told you that I'm for you like I am not for any other human in this world. And you can count on me like you cannot count on anybody else because I brought my soul to the bedroom. And you can't do it from the dog bed. Now, here's the question because someone's going to go, okay, so Lynn... <laughs> What if you've spent a lifetime in the dog bed? Can you get sticky back? Can, 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 this, can, this, can this change? No. Yes. Okay. If you and I spend time in the dog bed, there will be scars. It's why God begged you and I not to go there. And you can't go there and not have scars. It's why you and I have got to look at our children and say, sex isn't just sex, and you're not a dog. Don't you dare, don't you dare go to the dog bed. It's why you and I as parents aren't going to hand our kids condoms and go, you know what, they're going to do it anyways. 
you and I are going to give a different answer that says, don't you dare cheat yourself, go for the big bet. Wait for the big bet. But here's the other part. Let's just be real in the room today. If I were, if I were, to, if I were to go for a raise of hands and say, okay, every, everybody who's never been in the dog bed, raise your hand. I'd be lucky to get a couple hands. Because the truth is, almost every one of us has probably spent a stint in the dog bed. So here's what you need to hear me say. The wonder of this conversation is there's a God who forgives and there's a God who restores. And I don't get it, I don't understand it, but he has the capacity to pick an awful lot of lint out of our lives. And in the midst of, in the midst of it all, to bring you and I over to the big bed. And guys, think about this. Here's the wonder of the big bed. Guess what happens when two souls get together who don't have the baggage of the dog bed? That's powerful. It's why every one of us wants, if we're there today, to get out of here and get there and say on the way, dear God, dear God, I need you to forgive me. I need you to restore me. <laughs> I'm heading for the big bed. See, here's, here's the win. Here's, here's what would be the coolest thing that could happen today is that if we as a corporate body, if, if everybody here who names the name of Jesus, and look, I get it. I get there are some people who are going, I'm just even trying to figure this out. I'm not sure I even understand. That's okay. Stay in the room and figure it out. But for the ones of us who are going, oh, my goodness. If we would today in unison say, I am fleeing, the, I am running into God's forgiveness, I am running into God's restoration, and I am choosing from this day forward to live in the big bed. Which would mean, you ready for this? Singles, you're going to wait till marriage. Single again, and, and, and you already know what this is like because you've been married and now it's really, really tough because you've got all sorts of desire and you're going to wait. Teenager, all your friends are doing it and, and, and the cool kids and, and you're going to be cooler than that. You're going to stop and wait. Gentleman who stays up at night and views pornography, you're going to turn off the computer. And we're going to run away from the dog bed and run to the big bed where we care for one another's souls because we're not dogs. Let's pray. So here's the deal. I'm just going to invite you right now. Chances are almost every person in this room has had dog bed experiences. And I'm just going to ask you, flee the dog bed. For some of us, it just means for the first time going to God and saying, look, that whole past, that whole history that I've got, 
It was ill-lived. It was wrong, and I wounded myself, and I wounded everybody else that I took to the dog bed with me, and I just need forgiveness. And, and, and I need you to take all the unsticky stuff that I've put on my soul and help me peel it away. I want to be sticky again for when I make it to the big bed. Some of us are in marriages right now, and we keep trying to figure out, why, am, why are me and my mate not connecting? What's, what's, what? There's just something that always seems to be in the way. Is it possible that it's the dog bed? And he just simply needs to say, look, I'm turning off that computer. I'm throwing away those magazines. I'm not flirting with that secretary anymore. I'm running away from the dog bed. And we need teenagers in this room today who will say, I will never, never, never go to the dog bed. I'm saving myself for the big bed. Dear Lord Jesus, we simply come before you this morning. And God, it'd be one thing to say we had no idea, but truth be told, deep down in our hearts, we knew. We knew it wasn't just sex, that there was something more at stake. There was, there was more on the line than just two bodies rubbing together. It was our souls. It was that humanness that we bring to the moment. And God, I'm just gonna pray for men in this room to say, I will never ever again take a woman to the dog bed. For the women in this room to say, I will never ever, no matter how much I want his heart, no matter how much pressure I feel, I will never go to the dog bed again. I'm fleeing to God's big bed. I want, I want sticky soul. God, for us that have been in the dog bed, for us that have stuff that we bring with us to this moment, would you forgive? Would you cleanse? Would you pick away the lint of the dog bed that when we get to the big bed it would be all kinds of sticky in our hearts in Jesus precious name